Welcome to part one of our two-part special on drama in TESOL. Originally, this was planned for one episode, but because we had such a good conversation with Liam and we got such good footage from it, uh, we decided to split it into two and include all of the footage. So we hope you enjoy it. Hi, and welcome to TESOL Pop. My name's Eve. And I'm Laura. Uh, Today, our theme is drama in TESOL, and we've got our special guest, Liam, who's here to talk to us about integrating drama into TESOL classes. Uh, Liam works at Black Box Education. Hello, Liam. Hello, thanks for having me. Uh, So could you just tell us a little bit about Black Box and what you do there? Absolutely. Um, First of all, I should maybe go back a little bit and say that I'm also a teacher. I work at an international school in Hong Kong um, called International College Hong Kong. Um, How fitting. Um, It's a great school, very innovative school. Um, We were just awarded by Cambridge University as one of the top 100 innovative schools across the world. Um, We were the only school in Hong Kong to get that accolade. Um, And that really links into how Black Box started. Um, Black Box Education is a company that specializes in creating, manufacturing, making, and distributing resources that drama and dance teachers can use in their learning environments. And it started really as a frustration as a teacher myself about the lack of resources that I could use. Um, So many assumptions around drama is that it's predominantly, I would say, a 100% practical subject. And it's just teachers go into the room, create a drama Mm. about this, create a drama about that, watch it at the end of the lesson and forget about it. Um, And for me, drama education is so much more than that. And I wanted to create materials to to show that it is a fully embodied um, subject that's embedded in curriculums. Um, so that's how it started. Good. And I really like the materials as well because it includes like cards that have suggested activities that uh, teachers can use in their classes to get learners either moving around as an icebreaker or as part of a bigger part of a lesson. Definitely. That's um, one thing that I wanted to create is tangible products. Yeah. Something that a teacher can get out and use practically in the environment. So obviously living in Hong Kong, you probably find that a lot of your students are second language learners of English. Yes. Um, So what do you think second language learners of English can get from drama? How can it benefit them? We have to think about the the process of learning a language. Of course, there's a book that you will read and there's vocabulary and there's sentence structure and there's grammar and we learn from a book or we might learn from a website. So we're visually engaged with the content. Mm. But think about how we use language. It is practical, it's somatic and it's verbal. And a book does not teach you how to do that. Mm. It doesn't tell you how to interact with someone in a conversation. It doesn't teach you body language. It doesn't teach you intonations. It doesn't Mm. teach you inflections. Where learning drama does, those three things of it being practical, it being somatic, and it being verbal are the three essential skills that students develop when learning drama. That's a really good point because so much about effective communication involves how we say something and not necessarily what we say. So those paralinguistic features of like body language and eye contact are so crucial in having effective conversations with mm-hmm. people. Language, it's, it, it's a collaborative effort. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, we might talk to ourselves once in a while, but <laughs> the, the, the language is very much about the idea of conversing mm-hmm. and um, communicating together. Yeah. So that it's, it, it is vital. And do you think that second language learners of English might have any uh, difficulties with drama compared to, say, first language speakers of English? Mm, Again, go back to that idea of it being somatic and it being verbal. So when we talk about somatics, it's, it's how the body moves. So if we're working on a mind piece or we're working on nonverbal communication, for me, the, the students were English is a second language and they're still developing the English language skills. We, we have this inherent tool as human beings to be able to observe. So if we see someone walking like a funky chicken across the drama studio in a warm-up, <laughs> then, oh, okay, we're going to join in. Mm-hmm. That funky chicken starts making a noise. Ba 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 ba. Oh, I'm going to make that noise too. But then that chicken gets a degree in English linguistics and they start to speak in la da la 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 la, all this language I don't understand. That's when it stops. Mm-hmm. So the introduction of language, and especially when it comes to technical language of learning, mm. is, is, is where there is a stop or a, a pause in in comprehension of the subject Mm -hmm. and that's exactly why I needed to start black box education Mm. was to be able to provide visual materials in that learning environment okay he's just said still he's just said still image I think okay there's a big poster here and I can read the words might not really understand what it is yet but at least it's there for my visual reference Mm -hmm. oh we said still image again the next week Mm -hmm. ah there's a few more words in that explanation that I understand now so that's why creating a, a learning environment or a classroom or a studio, whatever you work, with visually enriching materials for students mm-hmm. to engage in is so important. So for teachers of TESOL, like myself, we don't have a lot of experience normally in, in drama, we may not know how to start in integrating drama into the classroom or beyond just the role play sort of activities that we do. What sort of tips would you provide to teachers in that sort of position where they're looking to integrate a bit more drama into their, their subject and where to start? The first thing that you need to think about before you even think about looking for activities is the concept of space and where you're actually teaching. Because when we think about traditional classrooms or learning environments, there is this desk that students sit at on a chair and there are materials on that desk that you engage with to learn, as well as your teacher. Drama has got to get rid of that. Mm-hmm. You know, we, 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 it's, a space has got to be open. So you've got to try and create an open space as much as possible. So that just means moving the desk to the side. It means going outside for 10 minutes. You know, just, just try and create an open environment where students and your learners are going to feel comfortable moving around and engaging with each other. So that's, that's the first point. Because when you start drama, the noise levels are very high, so you've got to make mm-hmm. sure if you're in small classrooms or there's a classroom next to you who are doing, say, a speaking and listening comprehension, you, you've got to be very aware of, of the spaces. Um, I would also suggest... Um, for TESOL teachers to look into an area of drama education called process-based drama. Now, process-based drama is creating drama that's interactive 
and it's using improvisation. And you mentioned the words role play. Mm-hmm. Role play is those two things. It's an interaction between people and it's a improvisation. It's mm-hmm. not scripted. It may be scripted from the teacher point of view and the type of questions they ask, but from the learner's point of view, it's, it's an improvisation to try and use the vocabulary and the sentence structures that they've been learning. Um, so some of the theorists behind process-based learning is um, Dorothy Heathcote um, and Gavin Bolton. So if you can find any books by them on process-based drama, there is an abundance of activities and um, things online. So Google search of process-based drama, you'll find a lot of stuff. So in Hong Kong, one of the things that's quite common is the annual speech festival. Also, teachers often have to prepare their students for school plays and things like that. So what sort of things can teachers do to actually develop their learners' performance skills for those things? For me, um, the process of creating performance, even before you start rehearsals from the script, it's about preparing the students and getting them ready to perform. Um, so I run a lot of workshops on focus. So focus of the body, getting your body focused and prepared for creating and performing. Um, focus of the eyes, um, where our eye focus is going to be. If we think about the speech festivals, you know, it's it's usually about having direct contact, eye, eye contact with the panel that's in front of you. So that's workshops um, in preparing the body for performance. Then we move on to what we call the neutral body. Um, Eugenio Barber is a theatre practitioner and he discusses that we as humans have two types of behaviour. We have daily behaviour, which is the behaviour that we use every day unconsciously. We just walk around, we move around, we sleep, we engage with other people and we consciously do not think about how we're moving and how we're interacting with other people. And the other side of that is extra daily behaviour. And extra daily behavior is when you consciously think about what you're doing. And as performers, that's something that we should always be doing. So it's about teaching students to use that extra daily behavior. So that's really important before you begin. And the third part is developing your ensemble. If you're definitely working on the school play or you're working on the Hong Kong Drama Festival, it's really about building your team up. And that can go from primary age students up to secondary age students. There is an abundance of books and activities that you can do on building an ensemble. And the main skills really lie in gaining trust with each other, um, working as a team, interacting with each other. And the most important element is the idea of contact. We think about young learners. The idea of touching somebody else, or lifting somebody else up in a lift, or touching someone's face in a caress in a scene, that usually engagement does not happen unless you prepare them for that learning. And you can do that through ensemble-based. Then we've got to talk about the script. A script, traditionally, is read as a naturalistic experience. You think that the people, the characters are real and they're, they're living this naturalistic life. 
when we watch naturalistic theatre, it's boring. And especially when you're creating it with young learners, never create naturalistic plays with children under the age of 16. They want to be engaged in stuff that is physical, that is about total theatre, about creating a spectacle. So look at your script. And what I always do and I always suggest to um, trainee, because I'm a mentor for trainee teachers as well in drama, is to create a list. And when we say create a list, think about all the innovative and crea creative things that you can do in a performance. Oh, I would love them to be a chorus. I would love to be a lift. I would love them to do a piece of synchronized movement. I would love them to be a duet. I would love to use this song that I've heard. I'd love to have a projection of mm -hmm. this flower arrangement that I've seen. I'd love to use this piece of technology that I've been looking into about manipulating sound. So write your list of all them creative ideas. Or better still, if you've got older learners, get them to write lists. You know this story, you know this script. If you wanted to change and alter this to be as creative and as innovative as possible, what would you change? Mm -hmm. So once you've got your list, reread your script again and again and try to eliminate as much as that text as possible and replace it with creativity and innovation. And that could mean, it doesn't really mean getting rid of the language and the text, but why don't you rewrite it? Oh, you're Cantonese. Well, why should we do that scene in Cantonese? Do you think the characters will converse and do that? Oh, you speak French. Well, let's rewrite that. So you've got one character saying it in English, but then you're singing it in French. So it's about being creative and innovative by writing lists. So I think that's a really great way of, of working with a script. I really like that idea of actually getting the learners to um, produce ideas. Oh, it's fantastic. Something. And here's the thing that when we talk about the, the toolkits from Black Box Education, yes, I've took influence from the history of theatre from when it started in Greek theatre up until now what we call um, post-dramatic theatre. There, In every stage of theatre over thousands of years, there's been conventions and tools and techniques that they use to create. And... For me, the most innovative thing is students coming up with a new technique that's mm -hmm. not been thought of before and going, wow, wow. you know, and that's mm -hmm. happened so many times in my 12 years of teaching. And that's, that's you know, they're, they're in the, the toolkits and the, the, the resources that we've developed. For part two, stay tuned for next week. Thanks.